Hello and welcome to another episode of Spiritual Success. And today I'm interviewing a wonderful human being called Adam Carberry. Now, I originally crossed paths with Adam via his wife, who read my book, Living in Tune, and she reached out to me on Instagram, said that she loved the book, passed it on to Adam, and then he invited me onto his podcast, where I really got to connect with him for the first time. And we had such a great conversation on there that I've invited him onto my podcast. And I wanted to talk about plant medicines with him because they've been a massive part of his journey. They've also been a part of my healing journey as well, especially in 2022. I mean, I was traveling the world and it was just a huge year of personal transformation. It was a personal year five for me. So that means a lot of freedom, a lot of change, a lot of transformation. And I tell some of those stories within this episode. And it's because I was in the Americas, so I could access cannabis in California where it's legal. You can buy it in a shop. And then in Central America, in Costa Rica, I was able to experience ayahuasca with a tribe who were traveling through from Brazil. They were traveling South America and Central America for six months. So we talk about our experiences, how we've been able to tap into the magical power of plants for healing and connection. So if you've had any plant medicine experiences yourself, you're going to resonate with some of the things that we talk about. If you haven't and you're curious, this is going to give you some insight into how you can maybe work with plants to aid and assist your healing and spiritual growth journey. Now, after we finished this conversation, Adam said to me, damn, I didn't mention cacao. So I want to mention it here because that's another way you can use the magical power of plants for healing. I also approach coffee as a ritual. So before I go and film a training, I will often have a coffee and I will sit with it. I did it earlier today. Actually, I was filming a training for one of my programs. And so I sat outside, made a coffee and was just very present in the moment, present with mother nature and present with the coffee. And I do use it ritualistically And I obviously have it every morning as well when I'm doing my gratitude journaling and having my reading time. So there are other plants available, cacao and coffee as examples outside of the plant medicine world. You can still use plants to bring you into the present moment and to connect with mother nature in that way. So I just wanted to add that I'm going to do a whole separate podcast episode about cacao. I do have some people in mind who actually have a cacao business. So that will be a whole separate episode. But for now, enjoy this conversation that I have with Adam about the magical power of plant medicines. Welcome to the Spiritual Success Podcast with me, Liz Roberta, a Hay House author and spiritual life and business coach. I'm here to help you harness your inner world as an entrepreneur so that you can unleash your full power and profits, taking you behind the scenes of your business and giving you everything you need to make energy a key part of your strategy for success. It's completely possible to have clarity, inner peace, and balance as you climb the ladder to six and seven figures in your solar business. So let me show you how as we dive into another episode of Spiritual Success. Hi, Adam. Hello. I'm so happy to have you here. We had such an incredible discussion on your podcast that I had to invite you on to Spiritual Success. 
So the way I begin this podcast every time with every guest is I like to begin right at the very start because I have a lot of listeners who have a dream of one day being a full-time spiritual entrepreneur and I like to show that it is possible to go from a completely different life to the life of being a full-time spiritual entrepreneur, digital nomad, which is exactly what you and I are both doing. So what happened to get you to this point? Where did your journey begin? Take us all the way back. Well, to to go all the way back to the beginning, I started out and I've always been a very spiritual person. I have never really, I mean, I went in and out of multiple different types of, of churches and never really resonated with a lot of the standard curriculum, if you will. And so I, in the same way, I went to go to college just after high school. I did one quarter and realized that that wasn't really the way that I learned. So I immediately went out into the workforce and went towards one of my passions at the time, which was home theater electronics. And so I worked in the high-end home theater electronic industry for 20 years. And in 2010, I left the retail company that I was working for after trying to suggest many different ways in which we could do business better and we could help our clients better and just always being met with, no, well, that's not how we do things. And so I started my own business in 2010 and thought that I was living the dream. I was my own boss. I was able to work when I wanted. I was able to sell the products that I wanted. I was able to help clients the way that I wanted. And I thought life was perfect. And yet, as the years went on, I became more and more miserable. I went through many bouts of depression. I went through many bouts of questioning whether or not that was the path that I was meant to be on. And so it really started to open me up to looking to different ways that I could show up in the world. And so in 2012, I split ways with my previous business partner. He decided to go down the route of drugs and alcohol and really started to affect the business. And so that was really a awakening moment for me of questioning, okay, do I want to keep doing this on my own or do I want to go back to working for somebody else? Well, I didn't want to go back to working for somebody else. I really enjoyed being my own boss. And so it really started making me question what are some other paths that I could go down? And then in 2015, I discovered Reiki. And that really was the gateway drug to my spiritual awakening. It really opened me up to seeing other ways that I could show up for clients, but in a more soul-fulfilling way. And then I traveled to Glastonbury, England in 2016 and got my Reiki master training there, actually received my final initiation in the middle of Stonehenge, which was an amazing experience. And that catapulted me on to how can I create a business around spiritual modalities? How can I create a business around helping people to find their purpose, to find their path? And so I continued doing my home theater installation business and felt more and more out of alignment every time I had to go do a job and felt more alignment every time I would go and do a Reiki share or hold a session for a client. And then 
Fast forward to 2017, and my wife and I, we started discussing, well, what would it look like to shift our lives completely and to step away from my home theater installation business? And how could we reduce our bills down to not put the financial pressure on a new business that would be more spiritually based? And so we started looking into, like, what would it be to move into a tiny house? And could we sell all of our stuff and our house and our cars and live more in alignment with how we actually wanted to live life? And we ended up purchasing a 40-foot um, school bus that was from a school district locally to us. And I spent the next 11 months converting it into a tiny house. And in 2018, we sold our house, we sold all of our cars, we sold most of our worldly possessions, basically everything that wouldn't fit inside of that bus. And we hit the road. And we mashed from Seattle, Washington, all the way to Boston, Massachusetts, where my wife's father lives, and parked the bus in his driveway. And I hopped on a plane and traveled down to Peru for two weeks, where I experienced plant medicines for the very first time. And to do a little bit of a rewind here is during the process in which I was very unfulfilled in the job that I was working, I like many people in their teenage years, discovered cannabis and found that that was very helpful in regulating my emotions and regulating my nervous system, or at least I thought at the time. Upon sitting with ayahuasca, I was gifted the information that it had become a not great relationship with cannabis. And so I spent 16 years in a dependent relationship with cannabis. And ayahuasca showed me where it was that I was out of integrity when it came to sitting with that medicine. And I still truly believe the healing powers of cannabis, her as a plant medicine teacher, when it is held in reverence, when it is held in ceremony, just like ayahuasca, just like San Pedro, just like psilocybin, any of these plant teachers that we can work with for expanding our consciousness, connecting more with our souls and ourselves, and really finding that alignment when we become out of aligned in our lives. And so I came back from Peru very much a different person and had a very different outlook on what I wanted life to look like. And so fast forward to 2022, I spent a year working with somatic breathwork and becoming a breathwork facilitator, which is now a foundational practice within my coaching programs. And so I have now learned to couple breathwork and Reiki and a couple of other healing modalities to help my clients to really come back to themselves and see where they've gotten out of alignment with their lives and who they actually are as a person, how they're showing up for themselves and how they're showing up for other people. I used to watch programs and my husband used to watch programs about doing exactly what you did, selling all of your belongings, moving into a tiny home or a van. There's a program that we have in England called Ben Fogel's new lives in the wild and he goes to countries all over the world people who've bought an island off the coast of australia that has zero inhabitants or people who have just moved to peru and they used to be lawyers in london and then they go off grid and they build their own house and all these different ways that people decide to create their new life in the wild 
So I love that you did that. And you said it took 11 months to transform your van and to sell all of your belongings. Like these things do not happen overnight. But I know now that you're living surrounded by nature. You're obviously doing work that's much more fulfilled. And it seems like you're finally enjoying the fruits of that process, which I'm sure was a long and difficult one at times to untether yourself from everything which had been weighing you down and that was out of alignment as you described it. I cannot believe you did your Reiki training in Glastonbury which is even more crazy, seeing as you're American, so it's more unlikely. And that's exactly where I did mine. So I lived in Glastonbury for a year and a half, and it was an incredible time for my spiritual development. As anyone who's been to Glastonbury knows, it's like Mecca for witches. Every shop is a crystal shop. There are three, four events going on every single night that you can just go along to. And that's also where I did my Reiki one and two. I haven't done master, but that's also where I did my Reiki training as well. So I love that we have that in common. And obviously today we're focusing on plant medicines, which you alluded to at the end there. So how did they originally call to you? Because you mentioned not having a healthy relationship with cannabis. At what point did your relationship with plants start to change? Well, it really started to change actually... I began cultivating cannabis myself and for a couple of medical patients back before it became fully legalized within Washington State. There was a beautiful medical program. And that's really when I started to recognize the true power of working with these plants in a very sacred way. And that was very much when I was deep into my spiritual journey. So I had crystals in my grow room. I had sacred geometry pictures plastered up all over the walls. I played classical music to the plants. I would give all of the plants Reiki every single day. And so it was very much trying to cultivate a product that would bring true healing not only to the physical body, but also to the energetic and emotional and spiritual bodies as well. And then Washington State legalized, and it pretty much ruined that medical system. So I stopped growing and quickly recognized that the products that were coming out into the recreational dispensaries had a very different energetic signature behind them because instead of the plants being grown for the purpose of healing, they were grown for the purpose of profit. And as a highly sensitive person, I could feel that. I could feel every time I connected with that cannabis, yes, it would help me regulate in a way that I thought was healthy, but now I recognize that really I was just numbing the emotions that I didn't actually want to feel. And it was through the process of trying to figure out how do I shift from being the quote-unquote TV guy, which everybody had known me for for many, many years, to now being more of a spiritual person, a coach, a facilitator, and a space holder. And how do I shift from being one person to being another person? And all of a sudden, through YouTube, through podcasts, through conversations, ayahuasca kept popping up. And at first, I was like, I have no idea what this is. And so I started doing research, and I came across a book and documentary called The Sacred Science by Nick Polizzi. 
and he documented following eight different people that traveled down to Peru to the center called Paititi Institute. And one person um, was an addict, one person had cancer, one person had type 2 diabetes. So all of these people came from different walks of life, all, all had different ailments that they were trying to heal. And as soon as I finished reading the book, I immediately hopped on my computer and I booked a trip to Paititi Institute for the very next time that they were doing it, which was the first time that they were holding a 10-day intensive retreat. And it was very intensive. It was the very first ceremony was ayahuasca. And then the next day was a sharing circle. And then the next day followed San Pedro. And then it was two days with cacao and breath work. And then another day of integration and then another ayahuasca ceremony. And so it was through going all of those ceremonies that I began to see where I was truly out of alignment with one, working with cannabis, two, in my marriage, two, with the relationship with myself, and also with just the relationship with my business. And I began to see, and many people who might be listening to this who have worked with plant medicines may recognize that they don't give you the answers, which was what I thought I was going down to Peru to receive. I had the intention on getting the answer from ayahuasca of what am I supposed to do with my life? What direction am I supposed to go? What What is my life's purpose here? And I actually asked that while in communion with the spirit of ayahuasca. And she said, you know. And I was very frustrated to receive that answer because it wasn't the answer that I wanted. I wanted her to tell me, okay, your purpose is to do this. This is the steps that you need to take. And this is what you need to go. But instead, she gave me the gift of looking with inside myself to actually see how did I want to show up in the world. And I quickly recognized that it was through sharing my story. It was through helping other people who maybe have walked similar stories as myself and to help them to get to where I am at or even further, but in fewer steps. And so it was upon coming back and living in the bus for several years, we ended up during the whole COVID fiasco, traveled back to Washington State where we were originally from, and I found myself right back where I had started. I was working in my home theater installation business again, and for a while, about a year, I had a very different perspective on that job and was able to see it as I still was helping people. I was still helping people to solve a problem that they were wanting. I was a little bit more selective on what clients I worked with, and I pretty much only worked with the clients that I resonated with more on an energetic level than just on, yeah, I can do this job and I'm going to get paid for it, and then I can move on to the next one. And I found myself continually getting into conversations with clients while on the job site of life, of spirituality, of expanded states of consciousness, and how can we look at life in different ways. And I quickly realized that even though I was installing TVs and speakers and home theaters in people's homes, I was actually still being a coach. And I was still talking people through problems within their life that had no relevancy to the job that I was actually doing. And so I 
ended up taking a very different route than spirituality. I became a CrossFit coach for about a year and a half at my local CrossFit gym and very quickly recognized this is what I meant to do. I meant to help people become better versions of themselves. And I do do want to clarify what I mean by better version of self because that is a trigger word for some people where people believe that, well, I should be exactly who I am. I shouldn't have to change. But when I talk about better version of ourselves, what I mean is that looking at ourselves as being perfect exactly as we are, but also in being able to show up in a way that helps us to be more authentic and helps us to live life based upon our own values and what our soul's expression wants to come out into the world. Instead of trying to live in a certain way that society told us to be this way, or our parents told us to be this way, or told us not to dress a certain way or not to act a certain way because you know, you need to be an adult or whatever. I, I do a lot of inner child work with my clients. So it's very much about allowing that inner child essence to come out in however it wants to be, to bring play back into life, to honor ourselves for the unique, authentic expression that we were born in, that we knew exactly who we were when we were kids, before society told us we needed to be different, before society told us that we had to fit into this certain box in order to be quote unquote successful within life. And so Really, plant medicines have played a foundational place within my own spiritual journey and coming back to myself and how I can show up in the world. And so now I really work with clients in the way of helping to end dependency on cannabis and to have more of a spiritual and ceremonial um, relationship with it, if that's what they choose to use. Um, I've also talked with many clients on microdosing mushrooms and how that can bring incredible benefits into helping to create new neural pathways within the brain and help to ease the old pathways that are no longer helping to serve. I don't facilitate any ceremonies currently as far as plant medicines go. I really help people just to give them the information so that they can make the choice if it's something that they want to integrate into their own lives. And I know many people who do facilitate so I can at least point them in the right direction if that's something that they choose to do. Gosh, there's so much I want to pick up on. The first being that you found a sense of purpose in work that didn't even feel aligned necessarily. And as I mentioned at the beginning, I have a lot of listeners who are hoping to transition to a full-time spiritual career And the biggest pain point they have right now is being stuck in a job that they hate, that is totally out of alignment. They know they have a bigger purpose. They know they have a calling. They know they want to be a coach or a healer. But I love your perspective that you can still help people even when that job isn't necessarily the end goal. You can still reframe it. You can make the best of the present situation that you're in. And you also mentioned that people still came to you needing support, guidance, coaching, even when you weren't working in that capacity. And that made me laugh because it's exactly the same with me. And I know a lot of people listening will resonate as well. I end up being a spiritual guide for everyone. And in a way, I always kind of have done that. And I think I have that healer 
energy where people love to tell me their problems and their secrets. You're nodding on the video and I think you must have this as well. And again, a lot of people listening will have this. And I've always been the one who befriends the outsider or the quiet person who isn't with anyone else. And when I look back, primary school, you know, seven years old, I have so many memories like this. And it was always my path to be a healer and to be a spiritual guide. And there's a great documentary called Stuts on Netflix. And it's Jonah Hill and his therapist. And his therapist says the exact same thing. He was like, when I was eight years old, people were coming to me for life advice and therapy, essentially, when obviously he was never working in that capacity. But I think when we have a certain soul mission, our energy is radiating that throughout our lives, even when we're not doing that work yet. So I love that you brought that up. And of course, I want to talk more about the plant medicine piece. And you brought up a really good point in that it became legal. Now, I am from England. I'm in England right now, where it's not legal. And so the relationship here with cannabis or any other plant medicine, I believe mushrooms are class A at the moment, which is the highest, um, highest level. And I, to be honest, I used to roll my eyes a little bit when people would say plant medicine a few years ago, say plant medicine. I was like, okay, let's call it what it is. You know, it's shrooms, it's weed, whatever. But as I've got more into my journey, I completely see the sacred nature of plants as a gift from Mother Earth to help us to heal and work through our traumas and work through our issues and get more clarity and see ourselves more accurately in our power. And I've had some very profound experiences. It really was from the start of 2022 for me because I spent a few months in California where cannabis is legal. And like you said, you can just go to a dispensary. And because it's legal, you then get choices about which strain you choose. So being in a country where it's illegal, you don't get any of that. If you wanted to buy weed, I mean, I don't even know any drug dealers, but if you did, then you would just get a bag of cannabis. You would have absolutely no say over what strain it was or quality or anything like that at all. So for the first time, I was in a dispensary with my husband and we were looking at all the different types of strain and it gave you so much power to be able to actually choose. And we were researching, okay, what strain does what? And we ended up going with sativa and we got gummies because like we didn't want to smoke. We're both a bit health conscious, so we didn't want to smoke. But we bought gummies, sativa gummies. And it was so funny because we went home to our Airbnb, watched a film, and he was just kind of zoning out watching the film. Meanwhile, I was having the biggest spiritual experience of my whole life. And my channel had completely opened up. I had all this stuff going on. I just remember looking at my husband like, wow, he's just really zoning in on the film right now. Meanwhile, I'm zooming off to other dimensions and it was so profound. And the two months that I was in LA, I had the most incredible experiences with Sativa. I did some of the best writing that I've ever done. I created a lot of the content for my Spiritual Coaching Academy program. Some of the best work I've ever done was channeled with the help of Sativa. And for me, it was very much, you know, you talked about ayahuasca being a spirit. I kind of felt that way with Sativa. And it very much felt to me like a past life connection. I'm getting goosebumps as I say that. So I really think it was, I think I've been on similar land before and worked with that plant in ceremony and then later in the year in 2022 in August I was in Costa Rica 
And a week after I arrived, I'd joined this WhatsApp group for the local area just to see what events there were because I was completely on my own in Costa Rica for two months. And then within the first week, there was a message about three Amazon elders from Brazil passing through and they were part of this Amazonian tribe that worked with ayahuasca and they were traveling around South America for six months to share La Medicina with all these different countries and communities and they were traveling on the road for six months doing ceremonies with different people and they happened to pass through Santa Teresa the town I was in the first week I was there and I was there for three months that was the only opportunity that came up to do ayahuasca and I almost didn't take it because I was just trying to get my head around being in Costa Rica, not speaking Spanish, being on my own, all this stuff like, wow, what am I doing? I'd only been there a few days. I was just trying to get my head around everything. Like I, I literally almost had a panic attack when I arrived. It was so much to handle. So I almost didn't go. And it was out in the wilderness. I didn't know anyone. Everyone had made ayahuasca out to be this terrifying thing. Someone described it to me as acid times a hundred or a thousand. And I was like, oh no. And it'd been made out to be this huge, scary, terrifying thing. But thank goodness I took that leap because it ended up being an incredibly profound experience as well. I've only done it once. I actually had, <laughs> it wasn't a good experience, but afterwards it took a whole chunk of my anxiety that has never returned so a whole piece of the anxiety that I had within me was purged and it was purged <laughs> I spent a lot of hours being sick into the bucket holding the hand of the shaman someone else the translator because he spoke Portuguese didn't speak English the translator was blowing smoke in my face and someone was rubbing oil on me I mean it was a whole experience that I would never ever want to repeat but afterwards it was so incredibly healing and it was all through 2022 being in the Americas that I experienced the healing power of plants which unfortunately I've never been able to experience here in England. So what was your experience on ayahuasca? Was it good? Was it bad? What happened afterwards? Can you share a bit about that specifically? Yeah so my experience was actually very, very gentle. And just like you, I had, so when I signed up for Paititi Institute and their 10-day intensive retreat, they give you a list of books that they suggest that you read before coming to just educate yourself and help you have a little bit of context in what it is that the work that they do. And one of the books that I read was called The Cosmic Serpent, Knowledge Through DNA by Jeremy Narby. And Jeremy Narby was an is an anthropologist and traveled down into the Amazonian jungle to study the indigenous people there in the 80s and 90s. And he ended up sitting with ayahuasca. And I remember reading his very first experience of seeing a rainbow serpent and basically seeing it directly in front of him and creating a lot of fear and a lot of terror, but then being able to surrender to that process and almost what Roman Hannes, the gentleman that I sat with, calls is you basically get the head of the snake. And within ceremony, there's always one person that inevitably gets that experience. I was lucky enough not to receive that experience during my ceremonies. And my ceremonies were, like I said, very, very gentle. 
um, very mild uh, visuals. I saw a lot of geometric patterns within my vision, but my ceremony started out of not really feeling much. And it took about two hours before I was really questioning, like, did I get enough? Did I even receive the medicine? Like, why why do I not feel any of these effects that I've read about and have any of these experiences? And Roman then asked the entire group if anybody wanted personal healings. And I did not intend for this to happen. But my hand immediately shot up. Mind you, we're in complete pitch black. So there's no way that he was going to see that my hand was raised. But energetically, he could sense that that's what I needed. So he invited me up and I told him, I was like, I, I'm not feeling anything. Like, I, I feel like ayahuasca doesn't want to commune with me. And and he was the very first question he asked. I was like, okay, well, have you drank any water? It's like, well, no, because at the beginning you said not to drink any water because it can make us purge too early. So I was refraining from drinking any water. And he's like, okay, go back to your seat, drink some water, and then come back. So I followed his instructions, came back, and then he proceeded to give me an Ikaro specifically for myself and used Palo Santo's smoke to cleanse my crown and proceeded to sing this song that opened me up to the vibration that I needed to align with in order to allow the plant medicine to start happening. And I realized that I was the one that was limiting the experience through some of the anxiety that I was feeling based upon the things that I read and the expectations that I had had going into it. So after that, I went and sat back and it was about a half an hour later that I started seeing these geometric patterns pop up. And I, for me and in my awareness in that moment, I recognized that I was literally seeing the fabric of the universe. I was seeing the what quantum physics called the zero point field of everything that is connected together and how it all works. And I then had a very gentle feminine presence come over me and say, I will be with you, but I'm helping others right now. So please have patience. And that really eased my anxiety of feeling like maybe I wasn't worthy of being in communion with ayahuasca. Maybe I hadn't done enough work before I came down to actually sit with her. And so I just sat in patience and waited. And then when she finally came back around and it was my turn, she proceeded to show me the face of every single ex that I had, every single person that had ever done me wrong within my life. And every person that I held any resentment or any guilt around and proceeded to have me forgive every single one of those people. And through going through that list, I finally got to the end of that list and it was myself. And it still brings up a lot of emotions for me every time I tell this story because that was the hardest person to forgive was myself to recognize that Many of the situations that I felt I was at fault, I had no fault. Many of the situations where I felt I had done people wrong was not out of meaning to do wrong to those people, but was just not having 
enough information of how to properly show up in the world. And at that point in time, I didn't know that I was a highly sensitive person. I resonated with the term empath, but did not have the terminology at that point in time. And when I was 12 years old, I was diagnosed ADHD and bipolar. And so I had placed myself in those boxes for a very, very long time. And then in 2020, I spoke with a counselor and she very clearly made me realize that I wasn't actually either of those things, that I was just a highly sensitive person. And for those listeners that aren't familiar with a highly sensitive person, they're people who have a nervous system that is very finely tuned. And so we feel deeper, we think deeper, we are more aware of the emotional state of being of the people around us. Um, Many of us are affected by large groups. Um, Many times in a very negative way, we need a lot more alone time. And so it was through those ayahuasca experiences and the breathwork experiences during that retreat that I began to see different aspects of myself and different versions of myself and how I could show up in more alignment with what my true purpose was coming here. And the second ceremony, I didn't get any visuals. It took probably four hours before I finally purged. And, you know, I only purged twice. It wasn't this huge experience in that regards. And I went and sat back down and had the awareness that I received everything that I needed to, to continue on my path in the first ceremony. And the second ceremony was an initiation to become a space holder. She gave me the opportunity to see How present could I be for myself and for every other person in that room to go through what it is that they need to go through without having any attachment to me needing to go through another experience? And that was really what set me on the path to becoming a space holder and to looking into the other modalities that I could bring to not only myself, but also my clients, which breathwork has become a huge foundational practice within that. It's interesting you say it was very gentle because actually the first round that I did, so we had to line up the males and the females. And then if it was your first time ever doing the ayahuasca, they gave you a smaller dose. And this is one of the benefits of going with shamans. In no way do I recommend doing it in someone's garden. I recommend doing it properly if at all possible. So traveling to South America, or you mentioned a retreat center there. I know there's one called Rhythmia, which I've not been to, but I have had a friend who's gone there that's in Costa Rica. Or if you are able to have an authentic experience with shamans, because they will know the strength of the solution and the dose. And that is so important with any plant medicines so that you don't do too much and have a very, very bad experience, which can also be very dangerous as well, mentally and physically. So we were in different lines as males and females getting our separate doses. And it was my first time. So I had a slightly smaller dose. And the first load was was really nice. And I lay down, there was a fire, everyone was dancing and singing. I just wanted to lie down with my eyes closed, saw some visuals. um, And it was it was very nice. And I actually missed the second round. And I didn't feel like I needed any more. But then the lady who I was next to said, Liz, that was amazing. Oh, my goodness. Like, you should do more. And I was like, "Mm, okay, interesting. 
waited until the third opportunity, the third round, which was the final round that they were offering. And I had my second dose. And then all hell broke loose. (laughs) And that was the purge. But at the end of it, you know, we stayed up all night. And around 6am, the shaman was doing a debrief through a translator. And he was saying that when it's your first time, often people do have a really big purge. And that if I were to do it again, hopefully I wouldn't have had such a severe experience because I would have gone through that initial purge, which really was like an exorcism. I say it's like an exorcism. It was a big part of my shadow coming out and it did permanently remove some anxiety that was within my body and my energy field. So I'm so grateful for that. For the people listening who are liking what we're talking about, where would you recommend they begin with plant medicine if perhaps they've never tried it before? Or maybe if they're in a country like England where absolutely nothing is legal, where where should people begin? Well, my suggestion of where people should begin with plant medicines, especially because like CBD, for example, is legal in many parts of the world at this point in time. I'm not sure if it's legal within England But you can get, in many places, CBD flowers. So it doesn't have any THC, any of the psychoactive components, but it still is going to have a connection to the spirit of cannabis. And I recommend people to start off with cannabis if they are wanting to go down the path of plant medicine because of the fact that it is a much more gentle experience for the most part. We can go into the different kind of ways that you can ingest. You know, you mentioned that you and your husband took gummies and I actually don't do many edibles myself because edibles, it's tough to dose. It's tough to know exactly how your body is going to react. And when you take edibles, when it's digested, the Delta 9 THC becomes a completely different form of THC. And so it does actually end up becoming much more of a hallucinogenic than if you were to, say, smoke it or vaporize it. So I personally, I vaporize. That's the way that I prefer to consume because you're not taking any of the combusted material. You're not ingesting any of the plant in that terms. It's much easier on the lungs. But with cannabis you are on a much shorter ride. You know, it's only going to last anywhere from an hour to maybe three hours at most versus ayahuasca that can be a six to 12, sometimes 24 hour journey, depending upon how much you ingest and how many rounds you do. And so for me, cannabis has always been one of the ways that, and I'm very similar to you, Liz, that it opens my channels up. It allows me to receive aha moments. And when I do connect with cannabis, it's much more in a ceremonial fashion. I typically will consume it and then sit down into meditation and allow myself, I'll typically put on like some binaural beats or some Cephalgio frequencies and really sit with it and open myself up to what messages want to come through. Now, cannabis and many of the plant teachers are natural amplifiers. And so many people who have utilized cannabis and say, well, it made me super paranoid or it made me really anxious or it made me very fearful. All of those energies already existed with inside of you. But when you don't consume it with an intention 
and you don't consume it with respect and reverence, it is just going to naturally amplify whatever is in your subconscious. So if in your subconscious you are already anxious or already paranoid, it is just going to accentuate that experience. And so that's why it's very, very important to have set and setting, to be in a space that's going to allow you to be present with that medicine, to be in a state of being that is going to allow you to open up to whatever experience wants to come through. And it's only going to show you what you really need to see. If you need to see that anxiety exists within you, then that's an invitation to ask yourself, okay, what am I actually feeling anxious around? And then go deeper into that. What are you actually feeling paranoid about? And then go deeper into that. And for me, plant medicines always offer something to learn in every single experience, but that which we resist will persist. So it really is about surrendering to the process and trusting that what is coming up is coming up for a reason and it's coming up to help us. It's not coming up to hurt us or hinder us, but it's when we resist it and don't want to accept that what is coming up is coming up for the betterment of ourselves and the betterment of our journey. That's when we get the like quote unquote bad trip or tougher experiences because if we fight the process, then yeah, they're going to push back, especially ayahuasca. She is can be very gentle, but she can also be that very stern grandmother that is going to teach you a lesson whether you like it or not. Absolutely. I definitely experienced that stern side of her for sure, but I'm so grateful for the experience and I, I will do it again, which I was voice noting a few of my friends in the days after and some of them were surprised that I said I was going to do it again, because even though it was so intense, you know, an exorcism is how I described it. It was really, really valuable. I love how you speak about plants in such a sacred, respectful way. And I do think, as I said, they're very much a gift from Mother Earth. And when we treat them with intention, sacred reverence, we have the set and setting, which you mentioned, we can have really expansive experiences that help to heal us. There are some great documentaries. There's one called How to Heal Your Mind. I think it's called on Netflix. How to Change Your Mind by Michael Pollan. Thank you. Yes, yes. That is a great place to start. It's a four-part series. Um, and he comes at it from a scientific perspective. He has some therapists on there, some philosophers as well. That's a really good place to start. And there's other documentaries on Netflix as well. So my final question that I ask my guests is, what is your favorite thing about doing this work? Oh, I would say my favorite thing about doing this work is watching the transformation is being able to see somebody come to me and want to work through different aspects of themselves that conventional talk therapy haven't been able to help them with, that doing things on their own journey hasn't been able to help them with, and being able to ask the right questions to help them find the answers within themselves that help them move them on their journey. I am, I am not a coach who is going to tell you what you need to do with your life. I'm very similar to ayahuasca in that way. And in my experience, I will only ask questions to help you continue to go through what it is that's coming up in the breathwork ceremonies that we do or the Reiki ceremonies that we do 
to really give you the power to make the right decisions on how to best move forward in your life and how to best come back to your authentic expression. And that leads me so nicely onto my next question, which is who do you work with? How can you help them and where can people find you? Yeah, so I really work with highly sensitive people and empaths, people who are maybe on the spiritual awakening journey that have done some work but are feeling very stuck in where they're at. My coaching program is called Chaos to Clarity. So it really is about helping people to weed through the chaos of what it means to be a highly sensitive person in a world that isn't designed for highly sensitive people and to help turn that sensitivity into a superpower and to really begin to express yourself the way that you were meant to express yourself. And so you can find me through embraceandexpand.com, which is my website. You can find me on Instagram at adam.carberry. I do have a podcast as well, which Liz was on called the Embrace and Expand podcast. And so, yeah, feel free if if you have any questions, um, you can send me a DM. I always check and answer all of those messages. Um, You can also go through either my website or my Instagram and book a free discovery call for the Chaos to Clarity program. I don't always place people in that program. Sometimes people don't necessarily need to go through a multi-month program. Sometimes they only need a couple of one-on-one sessions to help them to get the next steps that they need to move through. So I'm really open to working with people who just are looking to come back to themselves. I used to call it the journey back to self. This has been incredible. You have the most grounded energy. It's grounded and yet very angelic and divine at the same time. It's just beautiful. Everything you do is so soulful, so heart-led. You're such an incredible expression of the healthy masculine. I think your work is incredible. Thank you so much for this conversation today. Mm, Thank you so much, Liz. I greatly appreciate that. Fully feel that message. If you enjoyed this episode today, let me know by sharing it to your stories and tagging me on Instagram at IamLizRoberta, which is where I'm usually hanging out between recording podcast episodes. You can download my free business activation there too and see what gorgeous groups I'm running right now, whether it's Spiritual Coaching Academy, Sacred Sisters, or my High Level Elevate Mastermind. And one last thing, remember to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already, because I will be back with a new episode next week. So sending lots of love and I'll see you then.